Hello and welcome to Gays on Film. This podcast is where we, a pair of gays, talk about what we're watching. I am Declan. And I'm Ned. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about Asteroid City. As always, we'll be talking spoilers throughout, so do proceed with caution. But before all that, Ned, I'd love to know what you've been watching since we last recorded. It's a good question, that, because I can't actually remember. I know I've seen Mission Impossible 1. We talked about 1. Oh, did we? Because you didn't like it. I've watched 4 and 5 then. Yeah. Yeah. Is that all I've watched since then? When did we put the last episode out? Last week. And I have been relatively busy. So yes, I've watched two films. Plus and did you prefer them to one. the first one? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I just... Uh, I needed to be in a better mood for the first one. Otherwise, I think I'd have liked it more. Yeah. But for these ones, I just... all I. What am I trying to say? All I'm watching Tom Cruise. Yeah, I'm watching Tom Cruise, not Ethan Hunt. But you didn't think that when you watched Top Gun? No, maybe I was more convinced by the character. Um, but yeah, overall, I am not hating them. So I mean, you're giving them pretty decent good. ratings. Yeah. Well, I can see. I've enjoyed watching films. them again. I don't think I'll watch them again. I don't know. Maybe I will. Maybe I'm just being... I think when you go see the new one at the cinema, that's when you'll be fully sold on the franchise. Okay. I uh, remain open-minded. Okie doke. Other, yeah. other than that, I haven't watched anything. Well, we went to see Elemental at the cinema, which we won't get into. <gasps> we did. Because... I knew those others. We're going to do our next episode yeah. on it, if all things come to plan or whatever the saying is. Why wouldn't they? Well, I don't know. Curveballs happen in life. They do. Um, but I will just talk about Hijack, which I've... Who's Jack? Who I have spoke about before. Who are you talking to? That's what you did last time. Is it? Yeah. I'm um, But I watched episode three and it's so tense and it's so good. And I recommend everyone, again, get Apple TV because outside of Hijack, there's loads of stuff going on. And... Hijack is a very, very good one. It's very tense. Mm-hmm. I love it. What did my I'm dad recommend today? I'm actually excited about when... I know it's Wednesday and the new episode's out. Oh, that's In fact, good. I wish I could binge it because I feel like I could I could properly binge it. Yeah. Because each episode ends on a cliffhanger and you're like, no, I need <gasps> to see the next one. It's Wednesday tomorrow. Yeah. You get another episode. I know. <laughs> Look at you. Get me home from work. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, actually, we're going to see Insidious, aren't we? We are. But after that. After that. But, yeah. After that, we're watching Mission Impossible 6. Yeah, but... Unless you want to watch it tonight. Let's... <laughs> we're pulling the curtain back a bit. <laughs> and I were... Sorry, listeners. Uh, I didn't see you there. <laughs> to our movie admin on, on mic. Um, your dad recommended The, the Swarm, some the eco swarm. documentary. I don't think it's in a documentary. Oh, is it not? I wouldn't have thought But so. I replied to your dad's text saying, well, for you to be watching a TV show goes to say something. So might check it out. But Martin, our, well, my watch list for TV is ever growing. So As long as your leg. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Now we're back into a routine of 
recording a bit more regularly. We won't have 20 minutes of what we've been watching like we did last time. God, I know. That went it on, went on up, Yeah, yeah. So, if that's all we've been watching, what's been going on in the news? So, Barbie Mania is well and truly here. Nice. I've never seen movie marketing like this for a long, long time. Mm. And I actually think putting Barbie up against Oppenheimer on the same day is actually working out in, like, both of their favours. Because there's so much PR happening around there's it. There's so many, like, Barbenheimer memes. And I there? think Hollywood should do this again, you know, put two completely different blockbusters up against one another. Do you not think it's done so well because it's happened by accident? I don't know. I because don't know. I feel like people... Things that take the internet by storm and then marketing people are like, oh, we can make a book off of this. Never lands the same when it's tried. No, I just think they should... Basically, the studios just pencil them together and everyone has made the content around it, which could happen again. Yeah, but it won't happen if it's like... If it's planned, is what I mean. Apparently, in America, 20,000 people have already got tickets to see both on the same day. And that's a long day in the cinema. Because Oppenheimer's three hours long. Didn't Barbie's think other nearly people two. double bells. Bar- Barney, did I just say there? Barbie. <laughs> Barbie's nearly two. You've got breaks between trailers. That's like your full Saturday. But if the movies are good, people will go to the cinema. Well, we spent 12 hours in the cinema that one time nearly. We did, watching all the Lord of the Rings films. Yeah. Um, but what has been interesting is they have gone a bit early on the the press tour for Barbie but uh, and that leads into my next thing is that tomorrow when this episode goes out on the 12th of July it looks like Screen Actors Guild will go on strike as in like starting tomorrow yeah which means yeah. no actors can do any press for anything either mm. so I think they've all they've got a bit ahead and gone a bit early on the Barbie stuff because after tomorrow they won't be able to to do anything and Gosh. all films will literally so, so like, obviously, films that had been written before the writer's strike kicked in are all yeah. filming now, yeah. whereas you can't do anything without actors, so um, who knows what will happen. So it's not in the same way that, like, the train strikes are going on, like, just random days. It's going to be continuous strike until they come to an agreement. Yeah, Is like the writers, thing? yeah. Right? Yeah, so... Get in the cinema while you can, everyone, because there might not be any films next year at this rate. God. Um, which is still sad, because I feel like the cinema is just starting to recover after the pandemic, and now... Well, it's... I think, you know, something's got to give sometimes, and although studios, I think, and streaming services seem to have really benefited from the way the world's changed... Obviously, the people working on the ground have not. I think there's a real shift at the minute, especially with AI and where things are going. And I think if they don't get rights put into their contracts now, it'll go too far. So well, that's exactly. I do it. support it all. Um, Definitely. But interesting time. Well, we, oh, and let's share our plans for Barbenheimer weekend. Unfortunately, we're seeing neither. On opening weekend. I know, really Ned annoyed, decided actually. to go away to London that weekend. Let's tell it how it actually happened. <laughs> um, I am going to London that weekend, but it has been planned for 
longer than we've known the release dates for Barbie. That's so untrue. No, it's not. I remember you went, oh, I'm going to London. I said, we'd planned a double bill. Then you went, oh. No. (laughs) This is the only weekend me and Frankie had free for the last 12 months. Okay. There was a reason it was free. So we could double bill. (laughs) No, I don't mind. But we're going to see Barbie. Well, we're going to see both of them the week after. Yeah. Um, But yeah. I'm going to have to stay off social media once everyone starts watching it, though. I think Barbie's going to make a lot of money. I think it will. Yeah. It'll make up for that pink paint shortage it caused. With the pink paint shortage. Don't know why I did an accent there. Move on. Move on. Let's go. Let's go. Well, it sounds like we've just had a cracking time. But now it's time to catch... That was different. It was, wasn't it? Sounds like we've just had a cracking time. Well, I was trying to be a bit more natural rather than just reading the script anyway. (laughs) But now it's time to cast our minds into the future and get excited for what's coming up in the world of film. It's time now for Trailer Trash or Treasure. What have we got this week? We have got Ridley Scott's new historic epic, Napoleon. Is it going to be like five hours long? I think they've said it's going to be quite long. Yeah. It's got Hakeem Phoenix playing Napoleon. Nice. Um, Apple TV did fund it, but they've committed to, I think, an IMAX release first before it goes on streaming. Um, I have the Cena's trailer, so I won't, but I won't say anything. But well, you yeah. didn't have to say that. No, well, I'm just excited, which <laughs> gives a bit away. But um, link is in the show notes. As always, if you want to watch along, click on it, then come <laughs> back. We're very off script today, Honestly. aren't we? Um, but anyway, see you after the sparkles. See what I mean by historic epic? Yeah, it looks brilliant. does look really good, doesn't like, it? properly epic. does. I'm expecting a long film. Yeah. That'll um, be one where you have to dehydrate yourself all day before going to the Like cinema. Oppenheimer. Yeah. But I don't know much about Napoleon. The person or the film? The, the person. Like, the, I know the name. The Emperor of France. Yeah. But well, I, I hope this film will be quite true to... Like, historically accurate. Yeah. I don't know too many details. I know that by reputation, he's quite a small man. In stature? Yeah. And I know that there were such a thing as the Napoleonic Wars, which, based on this trailer, I assume he led armies all over Europe and people got a bit sick of it. By the looks of it, yeah. So it's yeah. set in the, what, 18th century? Yeah. Um, filmed a lot in the um, UK as well. And oh, a lot it? in Lincoln Cathedral, apparently. Lincoln which stood Cathedral. in for Notre Dame. Lovely. Um, My dear friend Claire graduated university in Lincoln Cathedral. Yeah, oh, well... She stood where... No. Hakeem Phoenix has been where she stood. Mm. Um, Yeah, it looks very good. I'm glad it's getting... Because as I say, it was originally an Apple Studios to go straight onto Apple Apple TV+. But Sony have given it a release date. And it comes out with Thanksgiving in America. So it's, you know... November time. Good billing. Are we going to... 
get it around the same time. I hope so, yeah. It hasn't quite fallen into that December category of awards films where we tend to get it later the following year. I just think if Apple TV have agreed a release, but then it was... They're not going to keep it in the cinema for all that long, are they? Yeah, but an really IMAX release as well. Yeah, but that doesn't exciting. mean we're going to get it. I think we'll get an IMAX release. I hope we yeah. do, because yeah. that looks like it's well worth watching on the IMAX. Um, it also stars Vanessa Kirby as Empress Josephine, who is Napoleon's wife. Yeah. And she looks very good in it as well. Yeah. Um. Just looks great. Absolutely treasure for me. Can't wait to watch it. Yeah, I'd agree there. Wholeheartedly. Cool. Um, And now it's time for this week's headline feature. Asteroid City coming up right after this quick break. Asteroid City. Yeah. A weird film. Well, it's Wes Anderson. Yeah, but... They're not all quite as weird as I thought this one was. This is on the weirder end of of Wes Anderson. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you... I know you've said when we were pulling together the the show notes, you were like, I don't... I I can't really come up with with a synopsis because it's a bit difficult, but do you want to try? I've attempted a synopsis, but it's difficult. Do you want to try? Yes. Um... I will preface the synopsis with a small statement, disclaimer. It is very difficult to discern a plot from Wes Anderson films often. Particularly this one. Particularly this one. I've literally written those words, particularly this really? one. Really? Oh, wow. God. It's like your enemy brain oh. in my brain. <laughs> so, listeners, the plot. Asteroid City is famous for its annual celebration of the day that a meteorite landed Millions of years ago. Unlikely events disrupt a junior stargazer and space cadet convention that coincides with the celebration day. And events ensue that could change the world forever. Oh. Does that make sense? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, beginning thoughts. Where do you want to start? Let's start with the opening scene. The toy train. Yeah. I thought it was really cute. I loved it as an opening. And the music was fun. And the fact that it was like a little train track with the camera on it. Enjoyed. I mean, yes. It very very much looked beautiful. um, Which we've come to expect with Wes Anderson. And it very much has his... Unique style, as seen on TikTok. I'm only joking. It has been seen on TikTok, but... Everyone else butchered it, though. Yeah. Apparently he's not a fan of it either, <laughs> which he wouldn't be, well, I guess. No. But yeah, it was very, very Wes Anderson. You're almost... All of his films kind of look a bit like they, you can see the sets. But with this one in particular, it's a play within a film which I thought was a clever device. Yeah. And I almost think it made it... The set, the sets that looked like they were on stage, it was fine in this respect because they kind of were. Yeah. Um, but I d- I d- it did take me by surprise when it was that play within a film kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, it didn't give anything away prior to it, did it? And what I liked about it is... So you've got 
they're addressing it's like a television program which is seen in black and white which i thought was quite a nice little distinction and then they're describing the play and then it goes into the play um and yeah i will say though if you don't like Wes Anderson films, this isn't the one to go, oh, I want to try a Wes Anderson film today. Yeah, this isn't going to convert you. No. Like, I would say, go in with Grand Budapest Hotel. See if you like that. It I'd was even probably start... even more inaccessible than his previous one. Which I'd the, probably the... start with Isle of Dogs and then go for Grand Budapest. What was his last well, one? There. The French Dispatch. Yeah. That was a difficult one to get, I think, the French Dispatch. What one did I... Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou. That one's a good one. I do quite like how his films are always broken up. So, like, French Dispatch had different distinct stories around mm. this publication. Yeah. And then this one, we get you get to see, it, you know, it highlights Act 1. Yeah. What... what scene whatever yeah. to epilogue i always and like I, a film that does that and i think it really for a film that's i find quite inaccessible i think those little bite-sized chunks help with the accessibility of it mm, that's fair in my opinion yeah um it was jam-packed full of all of the usual suspects and some lovely new faces in the wes anderson cast i guess can i just what? Point out some of the cast in this. Just a bit of a list of names, just quickly. That's what I was hoping you would do. Jason Schwartzman. Yeah. Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Tom Hanks. Yeah. Jeffrey Wright. Yeah. Tilda Swinton. Yeah. Brian Cranston. Yeah. Edward Norton. Yeah. Adrian Brody. Yeah. Rupert Friend. Yeah. Maya Hawke. Yeah. Hong Chow. Yeah. Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Margot Robbie. Yeah. Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. And then some others. Tony Revolori. But, I mean, how stacked is that? But I always think he must get them because... Did you some... say Brian Cranston? Yeah. yeah. Some of Did these you say fil- Steve Carell? I didn't. Mm. No. He was in there. Yeah, he was. And quite a decent role. But I do think he gets a lot of these stars because quite often some of them are in it for a scene less. Oh, yeah. And, like, if I was an actor and... I heard wind of a Wes Anderson film coming up. I'd be like, yeah, I'll take that role. And what was, re- like, the smallest, smallest cameo that I think you even missed because it was in the background is the alien that we see in the film was actually played by Jeff Goldblum. And the, the, there's a bit where they're panning across behind the scenes of the play mm-hmm. and he's complaining about how he delivered some line or something. It was quite funny if you listen yeah, to funny. it. Um And... You know, he was literally in it for seconds. Like, Jeff Goldman was probably on set for about two hours. Oh, yeah, an easy day's work for Jeff Goldman. Yeah, but that, like, the casts he gets... I mean, he has had some criticism about his films are very white. Yeah. Um, Yeah, there's a... Although I feel like he's trying to diversify. But then you don't want to do it... Just for the sake, of, just for the sake of it, either to be tokenistic, but I don't. Think well, it it's... wouldn't be tokenistic if it was just casting. You know what I mean? Yeah, and they are fictional stories, so there's no exactly. reason why there can't be a diverse cast. But I always like to point that out with Wes Anderson because I think he's quite white. White. 
Um, I thought it was Hong Chao while we were watching it, and then I don't think I caught her name in the credits, but then when I was writing my notes for this, it came through, and I was like, yes, I knew it. She's having a great run of stuff. The whale, the menu. I loved her in the menu. I thought she was great. Um, And then Asteroid City. Mm. Um, She's in And, which is Yorgos Lanthimos's next film after that weird one that's coming up. Yeah. With Emma Stone. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I just think she seems to be doing very well off the whale in particular. Um, Let's talk about some themes then. So I argued that there wasn't any. No themes. Not really. There wasn't. For me, Wes Anderson films, they're not particularly, whilst they're very intellectual, they're not particularly plot heavy. And I thought this one wasn't particularly plot heavy. It's not plot heavy, but that doesn't mean there's no themes. So what themes did you pick up on then? Um, Well, let's take... Tilda Swinton and what's his name? The oldest son of the like main family. Yeah. And the girl who is Scarlett Johansson's daughter. Yeah. Scientists on the path to discovery. Yeah. Wanting to... I don't know. I need to watch it again. Um... I don't know, they were just big nerds and it was really, really cute. And then he noticed something that Tilda Swinton had missed and she was like, (gasps) and then things happened. And then the thing he noticed turned out to be the date that the alien was coming to Earth and it just came and took the asteroid. These aren't really themes, I'm just describing what happened, but I loved it. Um, And then Tilda Swinton was like, oh, this is really cute. You could be my protege because I'm really clever and you're really clever. I really like Tilda Swinton in this, actually. Same. And she's an actor that I don't often say I didn't like. I don't think I've ever said I didn't like Tilda Swinton's performance. But in this one in particular, she was perfect for the role. Especially perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, there was one thing that was cool. There was like an unsolvable maths problem or something. And by the end of it, they were like, let's go and solve this unsolvable maths it's a bit twee, aren't they? They're a bit... Yeah. Silly. Like, there was quite a lot of points where I did laugh quite a bit. Um, and there's one bit where... Uh, it was really funny, actually. There's a diner scene. Um, and there's the, the main character, Augie Steenback, his daughters. And yeah. the waitress says something like, Oh, aren't you all little princesses or something? And the three of them go, I'm not a prince, I'm a witch. And the other, and they're all like saying it together. And I'm, I've trained in the dark art. Or, and they were just like really. <laughs> and the waitress is like, Oh, right, okay. Mm. Um, and the song that the young lads sings was very funny. Oh, yeah. He wrote a song. I can't remember what he wrote the song about. God, we need to. I think we need to rewatch it and <laughs> talk about it again. I've forgotten too many details because there's lots to go on. Yeah. What I like, uh, Maya Hawke's storyline, the teacher who brought the kids to the convention for Asteroid Day. 
and then she was all like, we must be on our best behaviour. And then I think she um, fell for the cheeky wiles of one of the cowboys. Yeah, didn't um, she fall for Rupert Friend's character? Is that Rupert Friend? Yeah. 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 Um, Tom Hanks? Was he the granddad? Yeah. Yeah, I liked him. Oh my God, yeah. So on that, their family dynamic thing. Tom Hanks was the granddad. Yeah. Um, who was the dad? Jason, Jason Schwartzman was, was the dad. the son-in-law of the granddad. Yeah. So... I don't think you pick up on it too early in the film, but basically the mother recently died mm. and Jason Schwartzman is driving his four children, the oldest of which is Jake Ryan's Woodrow Steenbeck. Yeah. And his three little sisters who are the the witch, the mummy and the... Whatever else there were. Whatever yeah. else there were. Um, and the car breaks down. And so Jason Schwartzman and Jake, Jake, Jake Ryan have to stay in Asteroid City because obviously they're there for the convention. But his granddad has to come over and pick up the girls. But he hasn't even told them that their mum died yet. That scene was quite nice when he told them, though. It was. <laughs> what did one of them say? Are we in an orphan now? Yeah. And it's like... <laughs> No, I'm your dad. I'm sat right here. <laughs> um, those kids were really good, actually. Those they were, girls. actually. Like, you know me, there's a theme in this. I, I really kind of don't get along with some child actors, but they were particularly good. Yeah. Um, it was interesting how they all then get locked in as like a quarantine. You know what that reminded me of? E.T. Oh, yeah, I get what you mean. Mm. One of your favourite films. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was cool. I tell you what I'd like to talk about, the and talking about scenes with actors that aren't in it very much. Margot Robbie. So Margot Robbie's character... Yeah. ...is a behind-the-scenes type character. So Augie Steenbeck, the character in the play, walks off-screen... And he goes out onto the balcony of the theatre that it the the play is running in. Yeah. When he goes onto the balcony, he sees Margot Robbie's character, who was playing his wife in this play, but the scene got cut. And she delivers this, and she's like, do you remember the lines? And she just delivers it. But it's the most... You know, to get Margot Robbie to just come in and do that in an absolutely beautiful scene, which is all black and white, and there's, like, snow falling in the background. she's obviously working in the theatre next door, and the play is some kind of period piece, so she's dressed in this, like, really ornate big gown with huge hair, and her makeup's all gorgeous as well. It was just a scene, and there's something about Wiz... Wiz... That's what they say in New Zealand. We is. Um, they're very soothing. Yes, I find them a very comforting one. They're the kind of film that on a Sunday afternoon in the in the winter, if it was pouring down, yeah, you put a Wes Anderson film on that you've seen before and you just might nod off a little bit. Yeah. And they just look nice and it's almost like a little, even though it's not ASMR, they're, they're kind of like a visual ASMR. Oh yeah, 
I personally, though, don't think I got the point of this film. And I think not that any film necessarily needs a really, you know, a really obvious point. But I think when we get to the star rating, that's why mine is a bit down because I, I didn't get it, I don't think. See, I have just remembered what I said I thought the point was when we came out of the cinema. Yeah. Um, And there were clips in the like black and white parts of it where I think you saw the person who wrote the play um, and there was one bit where it came in and he was like trying to write the scene and he was trying to get advice off someone who was playing opposite him um, and I think overall it kind of landed that all of the characters in the play had been written based on either people in his life or experiences and conversations that he'd had and it all turned into this play about Asteroid City. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if that's what you mean by a point to it. Yeah, I just didn't... It's, it's one of those films where you're just kind of hanging out and watching people and characters for a bit. Yeah, I like this. Um, oh my God, we haven't mentioned. What? Edward Norton's gay kiss. I was going to say, I, I was going to leave that for when the gay dar comes out. I was kind of, but then yeah, I wanted to bring it up. So Edward Norton is the guy that's wrote it? Yeah. And he has a little smooch with a man, which was a bit... Didn't see it coming, and I was like, oh, that was... Well, I think that there are bits and bobs of gayness in a few Wes Anderson bits films. Bits and bobs of gayness. Because, like, the concierge uh, in... I think he's played by... Is it Ray Fiennes in Grand Budapest mm. Hotel? He's bisexual. Yeah. And I'm sure there are some others. Oh, and I feel like one of the foxes in Fantastic Mr. Fox. A furry. A furry. Maybe. Um. I do think Wes Anderson plays with sexuality, though, in a very intellectual way, in the sense that I can imagine him thinking... I don't know, I can just imagine him, you know, when he's putting pen to paper, thinking, oh, well, not everyone's straight. Everyone's got a bit of a, a bit of something. And I do think that's true, but the, the way he explores it is probably very different yeah. to other films. Well, sexuality, actually, is probably one of those themes you were looking for in this film. No. Yeah. Can I finish my point? <gasps> oh. <laughs> Before you poo-poo it. Go on then. Um, so you've got the sort of coming of age side of sexuality in the little romance going on between um, Woodrow Steenbeck and Dinah Campbell. That's a woman though. But still sexuality. Oh, oh, right, okay, yeah. You can't co-opt sexuality just for the LGBTQs. No, I know, okay, yeah, yeah, right, Straight people right. are allowed sex too. I did quite like those little awkward bits between them because that, it reminded me like when you're on holiday with your family as a kid mm. and before I came out, my mum would be like, oh, there's a nice German girl over there and I used to think, well, I'm not interested in the German girl. I'm interested <laughs> in her older German brother. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it reminded me like like those little innocent will I kiss you kind of yeah. holiday vibes. So there was them. Yeah. 
there was Scarlett Johansson and Jason Schwartzman's characters. Yeah. Um, he was obviously, being adults who already have kids, they were coming at it from their own angles. Obviously, like, his character's wife had just died. So there's that whole thing to it. And then she's a big famous actress who doesn't even have time to be a parent, really. I quite liked her scenes where she was, like, acting. I li- Yeah, I liked her scenes when... Well, their scenes when he was in his little hut and she was in her little hut and mm. his bedroom looked into her bathroom in the set. And she was, like, laid in the bath looking all dramatic and yeah. thespian-like. Yeah. It was just fun, artsy. Very um, artsy. Was there any others? I don't know. I don't know. Are you done with your topics? Uh, I think so. Oh, the soundtrack. Oh, Alexandra Desplat. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, very good. Top had a, marks a good soundtrack. few soundtracks recently. Yeah. Elemental was really good, which we'll get to mm. in um, the next episode. Fingers crossed, touch wood. Yeah. I only have one comment left. Okay. Shall I make it now? Yes. <laughs> um, what I like most about Wes Anderson films, because even though I feel like I haven't really been able to talk in great depth or get too excited about particular details this episode, it's generally because as you're watching them, they're so comforting and then you kind of... I think you need to watch them a couple of times over for it to really sink in. So I will be watching this one again, which is not what my comment began with. What I like most about Wes Anderson films <laughs> is that there is absolutely nothing unnecessary in them. Like every bit of dialogue, every scene, every angle is so precise and specific. Like there's no unnecessary words in people's lines and there's no unnecessary eye contact between people. Everything is like made a point of. Um... That is a really clever analysis not to like <laughs> but i know exactly what you mean like it doesn't hang in scenes that it doesn't have to no. like it moves it goes it's you'll never watch a wes anderson film and think uh i'd have cut that scene lol like why did that make the final cut yeah ever I've, that that is that is up there with probably one of the most insightful things you've said on this podcast. Really? I thought you have described something that I would, would like to have got to, but I wouldn't have been able to find the words to get to it. Yeah. Well, the bits that I kind of got to that point on was the fact that there's, as I've said, no excess dialogue. There's no gratuitous violence or nudity um there's no scenes that could have been left out of the final cut and did you notice um the camera angles were all at 90 degrees like whenever the camera panned it always stopped 90 degrees on oh really apart from i noticed two occasions where it didn't but it was obviously like a choice not to when it happened clever yeah clever Mm. Is that all of your comments then? Yeah. Star rating? I think he gave it five. 
You gave it four and a half. Four and a half. I gave it three. Lovely. So it's a film that we haven't agreed on that much. Well, on. this is, as you said before, one of those, if you're a Wes Anderson fan, you'll like it. But if not, it won't convert you. I did like, uh, uh, you know, not to be like, oh, dead basic, but Grand Budapest is my favourite. Oh, I like Grand Budapest. But I didn't, I did quite like The French Dispatch. I find, I think you've got to be in a certain kind of mood for Wes Anderson films as well. You know, they're not a film that you just stick on and, and not pay your full attention. Like, even though I've said, which is slightly contradictory, that they're very soothing and you can almost fall asleep to them, they're very, they're quite I, intellect. You have to be quite switched on. I think when you're watching a Wes Anderson film, you have to be happy to watch it. Yeah. And like, by watch it, I don't mean just look at the screen, but like, actually watch what's going on, like observe it, because there are so many details in every single scene that you could miss, and those details are what make the films as good as they are. So if you just put it on for a background thing or if you're not really paying attention or whatever for any reason, you won't get why it's good because you miss all of those details. And because it fo- it's the details are more important than the plot in a lot of ways, if you miss the details, you don't get the plot. Yes. You know what I mean? I do. And I think that's quite characteristic of a lot of Wes Anderson stuff. Yeah. Which is why you kind of have to, like, like it. I'm with you. You're with me? I'm with you. Gaydar? It was fully charged. I remember oh, to bring yes. it with me. Yeah, yeah. right there to there. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that bit's a nice noise. It is. Okay, just... Uh, do all the bells and whistles and such. It's not a particularly strong reading. As in, it's not quite sure where to rank it. So where are we so far? So Start at the bottom. At the bottom we've got Indiana Jones, Dial of Destiny. Gayer than that. John Wick 4. Gayer than that. The Little Mermaid. Hmm gayer than that Guardians of the Galaxy 3 gayer than that Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark gayer than that oh we didn't do an episode on that though why is that on there maybe we were going to but gayer than that okay well I'll take that out because we didn't do an episode Super Mario gayer than that Swiss Army Man (sighs) okay I think I know where it's landed okay Ever so slightly above Swiss Army Man. Yeah. But below Renfield. Why was Renfield gay? Because Dracula. Dracula's really gay. Yeah, but there's a gay kiss like in gay this half. one. What's above Renfield? Spider-Man. Spider-Verse. I would say between them two. Okay. Yeah. Sort yourself out, gaydar. We need it was just readings. Maybe the gay Dan needs to rewatch the film again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Well, if you do want to rewatch it, it is, I think, still on cinemas, but it's also out, on, dig- time to get it's also out on digital now as well, so it can be watched at home because, unfortunately, it hasn't done very well at the box office. And things that happen these days is when that happens, they go straight onto digital. That was interesting, though, wasn't it? Because I thought it was a bit, mm, a more enjoyable watch than The French Dispatch. But when we went to see The French Dispatch, we couldn't even get our own seats because it was so full. Yeah, I think the French Dispatch, though, that was like a Leeds Arts College night social thing. It. Fair enough. Because everyone was, they were all very... All of them were there. And they were all talking about it in a very film cinematic studies film studies way. Yeah. yeah. Are we done? And that's all for this time. If you've enjoyed the... <laughs> If you have enjoyed this episode of Gears on Film, please subscribe, rate and comment on your podcasting platform of choice. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We are at Gears on Film Pod. We might go on threads soon as well. Who knows? Are we not already on it? I tried to get on it, but it wouldn't let wouldn't let me do it. Why? Dunno. Um and check out our letterboxed account. Yeah. Why would I let you do the pod? I'll let's take this off, mate. Right. Um, <laughs> check out our letterboxed accounts, links of which are in the show notes. We'd love to hear your thoughts, so please do feel free to drop us a message. Especially are you a Wes Anderson one. fan? With why? Why? That one's Kiwi with Wes. With don't I? Um, yeah. Let us know if you're a Wes Anderson fan. Um, I have been Declan, and I have been Ned, and this has been Gears on Film. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.